This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I shouldn't even be here. Luke says as he puts his hand through his hair and stares at the floor. I've known you both since you were little. I thought I'd give Gloria a chance to tell me. Tell me before it all goes down. He looks at me now. I can tell that he knows everything. Or most of it, at least. His eyes tell me. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called Midnight Tales. Listen to the darkness. Tale 4 When a Black Bear Opens His Eyes Chapter 2 What do you have? I ask him. We found the car. There were some boys drinking down by the lake come dusk, and they called it in. We got it out. There is blood and a shovel and a mattock in the back seat. By the looks of it, foul play. He looks at Gloria as he says this. The funny thing is, there are only few fresh tracks besides the boys' car. There were two or three cars there recently. John's was one of them. He looks at me as he says this. There is a back road that goes over to the lake not far off. We looked around in some areas and managed to get a clear imprint of the two tracks that matched the ones at the lake, as if the cars halted suddenly at that spot. He pauses as if to assess our reaction, and then he turns to me. You drive here, Anne. My hands are shaking so much. I really wish I brought the cigarettes in with me. But then it is probably a good thing that I didn't. Luke hasn't seen me smoke a day in his life. Strange that I would start now. I've known you two girls so long. Never would have thought that you can ever manage to do something so hideous. Luke sits on the chair, his hat in his hands. I study him, and am taken aback by how very sad he looks. There is no doubt in my mind that he is disturbed, disappointed by what we had done. But there is something else. A familiarity an empathy, and maybe grief that are all lurking inside. Gloria, I approach her and sit next to her on the couch. Gloria, tell him, 
Please. He must know. Luke turns towards Gloria, then looks at me. I can see the light bounce off his shiny, balding head. Only a few gray hairs are sprawled across it. I remember Luke when he was much younger. Dark brown hair only slightly thinning at the top of his large, round head. I remember his large belly as he would get near me and hand me a cracker. Ask me about my grades. Pet me on my head. Luke was always good to me. You have something you gotta tell me, Gloria. Luke scratches at his cheek. You gotta know. Gloria starts, but she chokes up. She looks the other way, as if not really present in the room with us. You ever wonder why they got no kids? I hear myself ask. Luke looks at me. Confused, his body stiffens up. She was pregnant, you know, I continue, unable to stop myself. She was a few months along. Bet you didn't know that. It was all going good. I shift and glance at Gloria. Then I look up at Luke and his gaze is on me. I have his attention. He is listening. One night, I continue. One night, Gloria is at my door. She is frantic. I keep my gaze on Luke, and he is studying Gloria now. I don't dare look at her, but I know she is quietly sobbing. Mostly, I just cannot bring myself to see the despair on her face. How I know that look. She was in bad shape, Luke. You know how John is. Was. You know how he was, I continue. Luke nods, but he is looking at the floor now. He also cannot stand the despair so deep and has to look away. His face is pale and darkness seems to have settled on his features. I had to take a look, I continue. I had to make sure the baby was okay. I got Gloria on my bed and there was bleeding, heavy bleeding. Luke shifts uncomfortably in his chair, but he says nothing. He is still listening. I examined her, and I could tell right away the baby was not going to make it. Too much damage. The bloody tissue started to come out in clumps. Small pieces first, then larger ones. She was starting to expel. My voice trails off, but I don't have to say any more. Luke stares at me, and I think he is going to be sick. God damn it. He interrupts the heavy silence in the room. He looks furious. His face is red. He gets up and paces around the room a few times. After what seems like ten minutes of heavy silence, Luke speaks again. Was it a boy? Or a girl? His eyes are full of sorrow. Red and choked up, like the rest of Luke. I stare at him for a second and slowly shake my head. I was never able to conceive again, Gloria says, her voice raw. And after that, after I lost the baby, it got so much worse with John. I move closer to her and hold her hand. She leans on my shoulder, but continues to speak. 
He blamed me for the loss, you know. Every time he stumbled through that door drunk and screaming, that was the first insult I heard. Luke approaches Gloria. His large body hangs over her like a balloon. He puts his hand on her head like he did when she was a little girl and pets her gently like a father would. I didn't know it was that bad, he says finally. Didn't want to know. We are silent for a moment. Luke goes to the window and stares out. I can hear Gloria's quiet sobs, and all I can think of is that night. I was the one who saw the baby. It wasn't really a baby, but it came out all the same. A living thing that never got a chance. Crossing into death before knowing life. I remember Gloria's battered body contracting, working it all out. I remember my heart sink when she asked, and I had to tell her. I remember the silence that fell on that room when she could no longer speak, paralyzed by her sorrow and anger. Thank you for supporting Crawl Space Media Podcasts. I'm here to tell you about LA Not So Confidential, the forensic psychology and true crime podcast brought to you by me, Dr. Shiloh, and this guy. Hey, I'm her bestie and co-host, Dr. Scott. She was a cop and I was a Hollywood casting director. Now we're both forensic psychologists working in Los Angeles. Twice a month, we bring you a classic or contemporary true crime story. We apply the real psychological concepts behind the story and dish on the media's representations of those cases. Subscribe now to LA Not So Confidential, wherever you get your Crawl Space Media podcasts. True crime, psychology, and snark. Trust us, we're doctors. We find that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 40% off any purchase by using show code STORIES. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Luke gets in front of us, and his large form shields the light. We both look up. The way I see it, John had it coming to him, he says. I am sorry, girls. He crouches down in front of Gloria and Mia. I'm sorry. I should have taken your situation more seriously. I always try to mind my own business, you know how it is. He looks away, as if holding his emotions back, trying to hide what is on his face. I've never seen Luke cry before. Then Luke stands up and walks back and forth slowly. The way this worked out, it looks bad. This is a murder. Anyone will see that clearly. Oh, God. Gloria starts to sob again. Oh, my. Luke, please, can't you do anything? I am desperate now. I am shaking all over, like I am in the cold wind. My body is vibrating. Luke paces the room a few more times before he sits in front of us both again. There is something like a resolve on his face. He looks different somehow. I believe you, he says. That sentence falls on us, and it takes me a minute to understand. He looks at us, and he reminds me of my own father then. He has the same soft eyes and that caring look on his face. We will never speak about this conversation again. Never. Not to anyone. Gloria and I both nod, stupefied. Everything feels like a dream. You gotta promise me, Luke continues. We nod in agreement. Luke! Gloria is barely able to get this out. Luke, is this really happening? Luke takes a deep breath and puts his hat back on. The way I see it, girls. The way I see it. It was my job to stop a guy like John, and I didn't. He seemed harmless to me. He was one of our own. Luke looks as if remembering something. Recalling John, perhaps. His face turns red, and suddenly it changes. He regains his composure. Gets up and adjusts his uniform. I'm sorry to inform you, ma'am, but your husband has been involved in something. We don't know what just yet. She nods, still sobbing. These cases, Luke continues, they can really drag out for some time. Well, we'll do our best. Maybe his body will turn up when we search the lake. He looks at Gloria his face a mask. He is a sheriff now, not Luke. We'll look into him skipping town, too. Can't rule out the other woman, either. Gloria nods, and tears stream out of her eyes. This whole exchange reminds me of the time Gloria and I pretended to talk about John in her kitchen for Bunny's sake. It has the same odd feel to it. Luke turns to go, but pauses at the door. Did you hide him well, at least? 
He looks at me now. I nod. He stares at me for some time. Then he sighs. All right, then, he says before disappearing through the door. I hear the engine start. And the car leaves a moment later. On the next episode of Midnight Tales. Forget this place. The oak speaks in whispers that only I can hear. You don't need it anymore. Thank you for listening to Midnight Tales, a Crawl Space Media production of a Pi Rational story from the in between. Voice acted by me, Natalie Nottis. Music and post production by David Williams. Written by Pi Rational Writer. Stories from the in between is part of the Crawl Space Media Network family. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Thank you.